Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men This Way. Do you prefer the fantasy of relationship to the reality of it? And does relationship seem like an ongoing problem that you have yet to figure out and solve? And could it be that we men have actually been set up to fail in love? Well, in this episode, I mine these questions and more for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. Now, recently, I got an excited call from one of my closest friends, Tate. Tate is actually the man with whom I am currently co-leading Elevate 2021, the coaching journey for men that we're now smack dab in the midst of with 11 men all year long. And we're having an amazing time with these men, regularly diving into real, raw, vulnerable conversations with each other, exploring new insights, empowering distinctions, and new life practices, all in the service of discovering what it really means for each of us to thrive in life as men. And side note, before I tell you why Tate was so excited when he called me, uh, in the next few months, perhaps even as you're listening to this right now, we are finally opening up more opportunities for more men to join the Elevate experience and step into actually living the five pillars of a thriving man. Uh, Those five pillars are intimacy, purpose, spirituality, family, and brotherhood. Go to brianreeves.com slash elevate for details. It's brian with a Y, Reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S, dot com slash elevate for details. Now, though, depending on when you hear this, you might see the page for our current Elevate 2021 coaching adventure, which is full. But if you're listening to this episode a bit after it's been published, then you may indeed see a new invitation to uh, participate and come along with us. And if you do, do not hesitate. You know, you are not supposed to figure out your life alone. And you are not alone in the challenges and struggles you face as a man. This is one of the great benefits, I think, of, of men gathering with each other in these thoughtful ways is that we really get to discover and experience firsthand that we're not alone in the ways we think we are. The challenges we face are not uniquely ours alone. Like men, other men are going through this. Other men have gone through it before. And so, you know, while your unique path in life is yours alone to discover and to choose, you're not supposed to walk that path alone. And certainly not without other inspired and wise men by your side to help you find your way. And that is what is at the core of the Elevate experience for men. We are men challenging and supporting each other to find each our own way into the thriving, beautiful, mature manhood that is our birthright. Mm. So uh, brianreeves.com slash elevate is the link. It's possible we may even have changed the name of this program by then. Uh, we're still very much in the in the building and creation uh, phase of this. But anyway, check it out. And uh, now, back to Tate's excitement. 
You see, Tate had just listened to a weekly live broadcast that I do on Instagram and Facebook called Wisdom Wednesdays. I mostly do it weekly, but I also sometimes just need a damn rest and I'll take a Wednesday off. So I'm not there every Wednesday because daddy needs a rest. But anyway, he had just uh, listened to a live broadcast that I did with a few hundred people, mostly women actually, in which the main topic was, why do grown men ghost women? Well, Tate was just blown away by what I'd shared during that broadcast, and he insisted I turn it into a podcast episode. Uh, you know, he's one of the smartest and, and most discerning men that I know, so I listen to him. I mean, I do these things, and to be quite honest with you, I, I never quite know you know, he'll often ask me how to go or, you know, other people will ask me, how's your podcast going? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I bring, I'm, <laughs> that's all I, like, I'm enjoying it. I hope it serves and I get feedback sometimes that it does, but you know, it's so hard to know how people are receiving things in the internet age as you toss something over the fence. And, um, so anyway, uh, this episode is that live broadcast cause he was just lit up by it. And, um, you know, I believe uh, I've edited out most of what might make a straight rebroadcast of an IG Live annoying, like awkward delays and pauses and reading off people's comments that don't make any damn sense or aren't relevant to what we're talking about. So yeah, I've, I've took, taken hopefully most, if not all of that out. So I, I think you'll really enjoy this. And, and whether or not you think ghosting by itself is an interesting subject. I mean, maybe you're in a relationship or you're not dating or you would never ghost somebody. Or, um, But what I, what I really dive into that I think will be meaningful to you regardless is the stuck adolescence that many men unknowingly find ourselves in and why that contributes to our very real and persisting struggles, particularly in intimacy. And I explore some key psychological differences between a boy and a man. I reference uh, that 1980s movie, Weird Science. Remember that movie where two teenage boys literally invent the perfect woman using their computers? So I dive into really a lot of depth in just 40 minutes. And, and I do read off many of the comments, particularly from women, that are pertinent to the topic. And, and I think we men really need to hear what women experience in our presence or our lack of presence. And it's often far easier to hear difficult truths, confronting truths from a woman that you don't know than from the one you are intimate with. Uh, reminds me of the time I finally heard everything an ex-girlfriend had been desperately trying to communicate to me for five years. I, you know, I finally heard her long after we'd broken up through the voice of an elder black woman at a workshop uh, where we were exploring the stories and the, the obstacles in our, in our intimate relationships. And it was unforgettable and, and just utterly heartbreaking. <sighs> so uh, I invite you to take a deep breath and stay present with me through to the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. What's up, everybody? I want to start off uh, my Wisdom Wednesdays today with just the subject of the day, which is uh, ghosting. 
why do grown men just disappear? And I understand that grown women can disappear as well. But I'm a man and I believe that uh, I am experiencing that part of my sacred duty on this planet at this time is to give light to illuminate the male experience from a compassionate but very honest and raw place, not for the sake of creating more division, but for the sake of bridging and of, of actually helping, really serving men to become the beautiful, mature adults that we are born to be, but that most of us are not for various reasons. Again, the reason I wanna talk about ghosting is because in the past 24 hours, uh, two uh, women, friends of mine, whose anonymity I will preserve, of course, uh, shared with me that men that they had been talking to for months, daily, intimately, uh, just disappeared. And it is devastating. It's heart-wrenching. It's confusing. So that's the hot topic of the day. But of course, in these Wisdom Wednesdays Q&As, you can ask whatever you want. You can uh, share whatever you want. I'd like to know, have you experienced being ghosted? Have you experienced being ghosted? I know the post that I did earlier today, I invited um, particularly women to share their experience and there are a lot of comments on those posts. Adam Knight, what's up my man? Good to see you. Uh, Adam Knight is an example. Adam Knight is a brother of mine and this is an example of a man who will not ghost you. He will, I, he, Adam, Adam, and, Adam and I are very close brothers and this is a man, this is an example. A lot of women in their comments were saying, you know, no men are mature, no men are, and I can understand why that would, why that occurs for you. And I know Adam, you've experienced being ghosted as a man. So as I said earlier, I know that this happens on both sides, but as a man, I want to speak to the male experience um, and speak to men, to call out men who are doing this behavior um, because it doesn't serve. It's so hurtful, it's so harmful, it doesn't serve. And it's, it's a betrayal of our, own, of our own beauty as men, of our own heart. Um, so that's why I'm really passionate about speaking to this. Yeah, so getting a lot of comments, yup, it's so common. Uh, Teresa, yup, experienced it a few months ago. Mariposa says, because they are immature. Well, you know, the case that I make is a massive part of my work. A big part of my work as I'm stepping more and more into working with men is helping men to connect with the, to, to bring online, if you will, the program of the mature, healthy adult. Because so much of, so many of us men, we are stuck in a perpetual adolescence, left alone by our fathers to find our own way. We turn to our peers who themselves are adolescents, or we turn to culture, which is youth worshiping, self-profit over community concern, over care for others. How can we, like, we're, we're set up to fail as adults. Subject I'm very passionate about. Um, let me see what's in the comments here. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, grateful. I was ghosted once after a month of intimate conversation and getting to know one another. It fueled my insecurity of feeling like it was my fault because maybe I'm too much. I hear you. I hear you. It's one of the things that, again, we men in our lack of maturity, in our in our perpetual adolescence, but also in our in our in the program we've been sold and taught and 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 beat into us that the feminine is too much. The feminine is too much. Emotions are too much. Life is too much. Most, so many men in our, again, in our, in our adolescent way of being, we are overwhelmed by life. We don't know how to step into partnership with life because we're taught to dominate life, to conquer life, to own life. And when it turns out that you know, our tiny little egos aren't up to the task. I'm out. Whatever that means, whether it means video games or another woman, porn, try to make more money a different way, whatever. Or suicide, you know, whatever. This is the true pandemic. I mean, COVID's a pandemic too, but this is the pandemic that that we as a humanity are are in a major crisis around because it doesn't clearly, it's not just about ghosting women, it's about the way we abuse the environment, um, the way we don't trust each other, the way our politics has become a game of power, not of service. It's all, it's all connected. Selena says, I was ghosted after six months of relationship and meeting family at Christmas, along with a beautiful necklace. He then seemed so happy when I went home and barely heard from him again. Weird. I'm sorry. Sucks. Brovid. Heidi says Brovid. Is that the pandemic of of male adolescence? Perpetual male adolescence? Brovid. That's really funny. And and so tragic. Um, Carla, I agree. Get ghosted a lot. Makes me think it's me. Yeah. Audrey, why stand in the way of the right person to come along? So much time is wasted. Agreed. Yeah, it's very painful. It's super painful. It's horrible. Savi Noel and a ton of times, specifically with people I've had a connection with and relationship, people are afraid to speak the truth. The act of just showing up is terrifying for people. You know, for a lot of men, relationship is far better as fantasy than reality. I'll say that again. For many men, Relationship is far better as a fantasy than reality. That's why, you know, we men, we can write beautiful love songs. We can, um, you know, do all the right things at the beginning of a relationship. We can uh, say all the right things. We can write beautiful movies that are, are odes to love, love notes, all that. Like, we can be romantic but when it comes to actually being in relationship over time, woo, for a lot of guys, no thanks. Because it requires to face oneself. And Rachel says women do this as well. Absolutely no doubt about it. This is not just a man thing. It is a collective human thing. No doubt about it. Um, but I'm a man. So I'm going to speak to the male experience I am not going to speak for women. I will speak to the man experience 
to my own personal experience as well. You know, for the most part, I'm going to leave it to women to speak for themselves and to, and to own their 100% of this dynamic. That's not entirely true. I call that out a lot also, but you know, today I'm speaking to the hundred percent of, uh, of the, of the male side of this uh, equation of this dynamic of this dance. What, what do you, what does that bring up for you? When I say that, that for many men, intimate relationship is far better as fantasy than reality. Now there's so many layers to that. So many layers to that, but I wonder, have you experienced this? If you're a man watching, have you experienced, you know, the excitement, the longing, the, the, the desire, the drive to be in relationship with somebody? even meeting that somebody that you're so excited about. And then, you know, a few months, it's like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. I'm gonna raise my hand, because I have experienced it. I've experienced it with my partner, Sylvie. Experienced that completely the first few, in the first four months of our relationship. I ran into that wall. Like, oh my God, and this is a woman that I'd waited a lifetime for. I was sure of it. But then I doubted it because I did, it's more I doubted myself because I, I don't know if I could do this. Anybody relate to that? Let's see, getting some more. Carrie, Rosado. It just feels unfair that they don't see us as worth it or valuable as we really are outside of the fantasy. You know, because us men, we're taught through culture to idealize relationship, to idealize love, to idealize romance, to idealize a woman. And there ain't a woman on the planet that can live up to the fantasy that an adolescent boy has conjured in his head of the woman who will make him happy. Say that again. There ain't a woman on the planet that can live up to the fantasy that the adolescent boy has conjured up in his head that he thinks will make him happy. There was that movie. Remember that movie, uh, Weird Science, the big 80s movie. If y'all aren't into 80s movies or you weren't alive in the 80s, whatever, this won't mean anything to you, but there was a movie called Weird Science. Uh, who was in that? Robert Downey Jr. Two nerdy kids figure out how to create a woman on the computer. And I can't remember the actress that played that. If you, if you know who that is, uh, drop her name in here. And Zoe, I see you asking your question. What is it you felt you couldn't do? Thank you for that. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to answer that. Anyway, uh, yeah, weird science. These two boys create the fantasy perfect woman for them. And she's this, you know, lithe, skinny, big breasted. She's a model, basically. And um, anyway, that's, you know, that's the adolescent fantasy that you can just whip her up on a computer. But that's not a real human being. You know, Zoe, you asked the question, what was Kelly the Brock? Thank you. Great. Thank you. Yes, Kelly the Brock. That's right. Love that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Um, what was exactly the yikes? What was it you felt you couldn't do? It's one thing to idealize, to fantasize about being about love. And I mean, look at the way we sing about it in our pop songs. I actually, one day, uh, I, I actually had a funny story uh, where I insulted accidentally the keyboardist for Maroon 5. I was, uh, I was doing a workshop. Uh, he was in a workshop, we were in a workshop together, a small workshop. Um, and I was 
complimenting him on Maroon 5's music, but then I said, you know that song, Sugar? I can't stand that song, Sugar. I mean, I, you know, I was Adam Levine's gone on and do these, these silly little pop songs. And he was like, oh, you mean that's actually a Maroon 5 song? He's like, oops. Because like that song, Sugar, that song, Sugar is all like, I, I can't remember the lyrics, but it's basically, I can't live without you. You complete me, that, that kind of. And in the face of actual intimacy with an actual human woman who actually wants things from me that I don't fully understand how to offer or how to show up for, you know, for a lot of men, when we identify as, as, as problem solvers, as fixers, and we, we get our identity from doing good, whatever that means to us, and all of a sudden now here's this, this person that I'm hanging out with every day who has feelings and emotions and goes up ups and downs and she wants things and and that that I don't understand sometimes or don't want to offer or sometimes she doesn't want things that I do want to offer and I can't solve this problem it becomes an it's like relationship begins to occur as an unending problem that I can't solve and in the face of that pan panic it sets in that's one way of, of languaging it. Anybody connect to that? Either been that partner who just wants to fix things and the relationship just seems like you can't fix it, or you were with someone who was the fixer and you could just see like their brain constantly wanting to fix. Well, that's my brain. Zoe says the fantasy doesn't need to negotiate. Totally. Oh no. The fantasy occurs on my terms entirely. I get everything I want. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. The fantasy is amazing. The reality. Oh, that's an entirely different dance. <laughs> right? Koti uh, says, going through this right now. John is saying, try a CODA meeting. I, I assume that's Codependence Anonymous. Yeah. Back in my mid twenties, my f uh, friend, when I was I was married to a French woman, and uh, he gave me a book. This really kind of kicked off my journey in many ways. To over the next twenty years, he gave me the book by Melody Beatty, Codependence No More, and it was the first awakening that I had. That oh my God, I have no idea how to love. I am so hooks out. Gimme, gimme, gimme and with very little generosity in a relationship. That was my mid-twenties. That was the beginning of a very long journey. Let's see, some comments. Tatum, I was married to an emotionally juvenile man and now I'm with a man that is amazing. What a different feeling, like holy shit. Tatum, I'm curious, what is different when you say emotionally juvenile versus the man you're with now, just with without, you know, we're not trying to bash anybody, you're not trying to criticize anybody, but, but what are you noticing is, is is qualitatively different for you. Uh, Tanya says, you're wrong, okay? Always willing to be wrong. Living more coaching. I had a guy who once ghosted me reach out recently to say that his life was better, I'm assuming was better with me in it. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's right. And Natalie says, he's lying, don't fall for it. <laughs> Aneda says, I dated a man who introduced me to his whole family told me he loved me then freaked out and ended things the next week i still don't understand it why go through all that just to drop her yeah well i don't know and i'm sorry that sucks it's painful and 
horrible. Joyce, uh, hey Brian, just popped on, wanted to tell you how much I love your book. So profound in so many ways, your authenticity blows my mind. Thank you, Joyce. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Um, it's a good moment to remind y'all, choose her every day or leave her is now available everywhere. Uh, on my website as well, brianreeves.com. You know, this book, this book I wrote over, you know, what, about eight years, I suppose. And, you know, in, in many ways, this book, I think for, for any man that, that, str that struggles to really show up for love, who maybe idealizes love, but then falls short in the face of it, despite good intentions, and, and any woman who wants to understand what's going on for such a man. And, but not only that, I mean, this isn't just a book for men. This is a book for anybody who is really wanting to understand how to do the dance of intimacy well. Choose her every day or leave her. You know, there's so much in that book that I share about my own journey of, of you know, at 36 years old, having my eyes awoken to, oh my God, I said I was two feet in to that relationship, but I was so one foot out for so much of my life. No wonder I kept experiencing angry women in my midst. So Tatum, thank you, you're answering my question. In my marriage, I couldn't let my hair down, never felt emotionally safe. My emotions were minimized because he operated from ego so much, which I hear as he operated just disconnected from his own feelings. With my new partner, I can show up fully as myself and I'm heard even if he doesn't completely understand. He allows me to have all my feelings and feels so safe. That's a beautiful thing. You know, Let's see, uh, Tatum says on page 81 of the book, it's on my lap right now, loving it. Cool, I actually read it with my current partner, read it to him, read it to him and we talk about it. So awesome, I love that. This is a great book to read together or to trade to trade, you know, back and forth or you know, if you want your guy to read it, get it and just sort of leave it on the bathroom, you know, to a spread or something like, like that or with some dog ears or something. Uh, Tatum, I love that. You know, my relationship with Sylvie she has big emotions. She's a beautifully emotionally connected woman. And, you know, she, she's like, like the moon waxing and waning, you know, in, in, in her fullness and from, from her, you know, moments of extreme joy and happiness and excitement to the moments of just deep sadness and despair. And I mean, that's just in a 24 hour cycle. You know, I tend to be right here for the most part. You know, and it's kind of gradual. I'll have, I'll, I'll be for weeks. I can be like this, and then for weeks I might be down. You know, but it's it's pretty daily. And so when she's doing this, and I'm kind of doing this, it can be really challenging. It's like when I'm in a good mood, and all of a sudden a sad song comes in radio on the radio. Well, normally if I'm listening to the radio, I'd turn it. I, I can't do that with your intimate partner. What I have with her and she has with me is we share the ethos that each of us are allowed to feel whatever that we're feeling. We have boundaries around how we communicate it. Sometimes we may not be able to be in the same room. That's okay. We're not supposed to be in the same room all the time with your partner. I mean, even the little two-person villages that we do these days, you know, two, two people cohabitating in their own little village trying to be everything for each other. Bad idea. But I love that ethic, that ethos, Tatum, 
that we are allowed, you're allowed to feel whatever you feel. I think that is so, so important. Even if I can't necessarily meet her there, which is often, Sylvie is allowed to feel, not just allowed, but embraced in feeling whatever she feels. And that makes all the difference. And Jessica says, sometimes women fall short too. Of course, absolutely. I mean, we're all mirrors to each other. I do, however, believe that in general, women are, you know, a few decades ahead of most men in terms of uh, personal growth work and, and, and looking, learning to look within. And I think most women, I think a lot of women are generally farther ahead than most guys, but bad relationships are a co-conspiracy. They're co-creation. So yeah, I don't believe in 50-50 relationships. I believe in 100-100 relationships. Yes, Dragonfly Lens, I was a fixer. Yep. Grateful says, your book is a huge gift. It makes me want to be better all around. And the epilogue. Yeah, the epilogue. I know the epilogue, right? Oh, you know what? I gotta, I gotta do another draft of this book. I gotta do another, like a second edition because the epilogue is the, is the, you're ready for all of her. You're a goddamn warrior. This essay, um, that epilogue, it's one of the, my favorite things that I've ever written, but I want to do something really more artistic with it. I actually want to do a really nice video reading of that. I love that. That So, yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, Sarah says, thank you for leading the way. Well, I am definitely standing on the shoulders of giants, and I have my mentors as well who are leading the way for me. Joyce, it's helped me to understand so much. Very, very cool. What's up, everybody? So good to see everybody. Jessica, oh my God, OMG, a couple years ago, you did a video. It helped me get out of a toxic marriage. It was about the difference of being in love and just loving. Your words are inspiring. Thank you. Now I'm in an amazing relationship. Jessica, I don't know what video that is, but I am delighted to hear it. That makes me very, very happy. You know, being a, a creator in this way, a lot of times, you know, as a writer and, and, and doing videos and all that, I haven't seen another living soul in the last two days. Well, that's not true. I went to the grocery store, but I haven't had a meaningful interaction with an actual human. Uh, Sylvie's been staying with her sister for a couple of days. Um, so I often don't have a sense for what impact am I having. And so uh, Jessica, you know, thank you for that. That means a lot to me. Oh, goodness. Well, thank you all so much. I uh, really appreciate all of your comments. You know, I think this is the great existential crisis of our day is how do we help? And again, I'm just going to speak to men and for, for men at this time, not, not, not speaking so much to women, but how do we help men step into mature, healthy adulthood? You know, I, I like to define adulthood. Um, actually, there's this, uh, in, in this book, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, about the four masculine archetypes. I, I, I read this years ago, and there, it said something in there about an idea of, of adult psychology. This, this idea of adult psychology is that as adults, we learn to take responsibility even for that which we are not responsible we learn to take responsibility even for that which we are not responsible. And this thing of ghosting, first off, that's not even taking responsible responsibility for that which we are responsible. You know, our own communication, our, our own way of showing up, our, our impact on others. But I think this is the great, the great crisis of our age is helping men step into mature, healthy 
manhood, such that we men, we take responsibility even for that which we are not responsible. Imagine that world where men are taking responsibility even for that which we are not responsible. And I don't mean that in the, in the, in the sort of self-punishing way. I know a lot of, you know, I do a lot, obviously I work with a lot of couples, although I'm focusing more now on men, but I see this in couples a lot. And especially, well, men and women, we both do this where we over, we, we take so much responsibility for what's going on that it becomes a, that it becomes in this sort of almost narcissistic burden. Like it's all my fault that things aren't going well. Um, and then we conspire in that place to just create a shit show. And that's not what I'm talking about. You know, what I'm talking about is, is almost the, in this question of ghosting, for example, you know, a lot of, a lot of men would argue, well, I'm not responsible for their feelings. She's a grown woman. She's responsible for her feelings. All I did is not call or not do this. You know, she's better off without me anyway, whatever, all the rationalizations. And what I'm speaking to is, yeah, she is an adult. That's right. She is an adult. She is responsible for her own experience and for her own feelings. And the truth is, you probably gave her signs. You probably, there's probably if, you know, I've asked this of women before who have even years into a, a relationship that imploded. I've asked this, when did you first see a warning sign? Like, when did you first feel like something is off? Often, not always, but often, I hear on the very first date, he said something that haunted me. He said something that told me where I'm going to stand with him. And I ignored it or I just brushed it aside. But that aside, I'm speaking to men now. Yeah, she is a grown woman. She is responsible for her experience, for her feelings, for her choices, etc. And... Not comma, but, comma, and how you show up matters. How you speak matters. How you show up has impact on her, on the world. How you speak has impact. You disappearing has impact. And pretending that it doesn't is your adolescent mindset refusing to grow up and take responsibility perhaps even for that which you are not responsible. Ajax FitLife says, we help men by showing that it's okay to have emotion in a healthy way and how to get past and understand our ego. Absolutely. You know, one, one thing that I, I teach a lot of, of men is something I call emotion yoga. I really call it, it's more anger yoga because for most men, uh, anger is the first emotion that we feel permission to go to or that we feel powerful in or that we feel safe in. And so I'll teach men how to do anger constructively. We've mostly only seen anger expressed destructively. So naturally we're afraid of it. Or we just use it to destroy something that we feel threatened by. Doesn't serve anything. But learning how to express anger constructively uh, wow, it's game-changing. It's life-changing. Joyce says, for me, it was in the first three months. Big red flags. Yeah. Ajax, love the anger yoga idea. 
Beautiful. So I uh, just want to check in with y'all. How is this sitting with you? Uh, for those of you that have been tuning in for uh, for a bunch for, for a while, what's coming up for you? Is this resonating with you? Uh, Joy says, I need to meet an adult grown-up man. Where is he? Well, he lives in the heart of every man walking around. I will say that much. That adult grown-up man, just like the just like the oak tree, lives inside the the essence of the of the acorn. <laughs> uh, but I know what you mean. You want to meet you want to meet the actual oak tree, not the acorn. I get it. Got to hang out in the woods. Rebecca, what's up, Rebecca? Taking responsibility for even that which you are not responsible. That resonated with me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's been a very orienting idea, I would say, for me over these many years. Taking responsibility even for that which we are not responsible. You know, the interesting thing is we men, we want to take responsibility even for that which we are not responsible. That's why everyone, that's why, you know, the adolescent boy, you know, this is a big difference between, here, here, here's an interesting way of, of languaging it. The, the adolescent boy wants to save the day, right? He wants to save everything. Even you can see he wants to be president so he can save the world, whatever. Tom Cruise wants to, I don't know, hunt down the bad guy so he can save the world. He wants to be the savior. But the mature adult man wants to serve the world, his partner, his family, his community. So the adolescent boy wants to save the mature adult man wants to serve. There are two very different psychologies at play, right? In service, and by service, I don't mean the kind of service that martyrs myself and then, you know, takes my pound of flesh on the back end, but I mean serves the whole, you know, serves not just me, but serves, you know, the person I'm talking to serves my community, serves both my constituents that voted for me and those that didn't. You know, living in that question, that's not an easy question to live inside of. How do I serve the whole? But that's what a mature, healthy man is li That's the question he's living inside of. The adolescent boy is living inside of the question of how do I get to be the savior? How do I get to be the one to save the day? How do I get to be the one on the pedestal, on the, you know, sitting in the big president's chair? Totally different questions. How do I get to be the one to catch the touchdown pass? When I was in high school, I um, played soccer for one year. I was not great. I was okay. I had one opportunity to score a goal. It'll never leave me. It was like a junior, maybe. I was playing varsity on the varsity team. And I made this nifty little move and I shot the ball and the keeper saved it. And then my friend, my teammate kicked it in the goal. And there was a part of me that burned inside because my shot didn't go in the goal. And a few years after that, I was in a workshop doing some, some somatic experiencing practice. It was really profound. And in this moment of, of release, as I was sitting with that moment, that boy that wanted to be the savior, I wanted to save the day. I wanted to be the one that scored the goal. Well, this, this epiphany rang through me. Like I'll never, it was, it was, it, it was a moment that changed my life because it, it it's like, a, again, a pro and an, an adult program came online and I, and this quote came alive in me. And this quote said, 
when you don't care who gets the credit, there is no limit to the good you can do. Or there's no limit to the good you can do when you don't care who gets the credit. Again, that's the difference between adolescent psychology. That's a difference between adolescent psychology and adult psychology. Adolescent, the adolescent boy wants to save. The mature, healthy adult man wants to serve. I just want, I'm going to shimmy with that one. Ooh, that's so good. <laughs> Ajax, I love the difference you put in between the adolescent boy and a mature man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I got just another minute or two. Catherine says, love this. Thank you. You're so welcome. I love this too. It's so fun. So much fun. Teresa, why do men or women care if they get ghosted? Hmm. If the up, it's the updated version of saying without words, it's not you, it's me. So what if you didn't get to say, you're right, it is you. Laughy, laugh, laugh, LOL, LOL. Why do men care if they get ghosted? I don't really think that's a helpful question. I mean, maybe if, if you're asking it sincerely, I suppose, but it feels very dismissive to me. Why should we care if they get ghosted? I care. You know, if I've invested my heart into something, if I'm showing up for something and somebody all of a sudden just drops, that's hurtful. That's going to hurt. The nervous system, just the nervous system alone is going to go like, oh, what just happened? Something happened. Something, something. So I'd like to normalize that it should hurt. I mean, if we're, if we're connected human beings, if we're feeling human beings, being ghosted is going to hurt. I don't care, even if on some level you knew this wasn't the right person for you. The fact that they just dropped your ass, that hurts. That hurts the nervous system. Anybody disagree? Just saying. Sylvie Kukasi and my lady, what's up? Joyce, this is chapter 41, why a man can leave many times and a woman leaves only once. It's chapter 41 in my book, choose her every day or leave her. As a woman, I say Y-E-S, so true for me. It will, I will only take so much and when I'm done, that's it. Yeah, that is uh, chapter 41, why a man can leave many times and a woman leaves only once. You choose her every day or leave her. Lisa Thomas says one of my favorite parts is page 24. Ooh, let's look at what's on page 24. I'm excited to see what's here. It says, oh. I've got you. I'm here. It's going to be okay. I love you. Not that we look to men to fix our problems, but to just be able to have our partner be our rock when we need it, providing that sense of security. Yeah, that's gold. Yes. Thank you, Lisa. Samantha, I am loving the explanation in difference between the adolescent man and the mature adult man, the savior versus the servant. I think women can benefit from applying these concepts to evaluate themselves too. No doubt. Doreen, I like your chats. Thank you. You're very welcome. Alesh, it's rejection. Accept it. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Uh, Teresa, I get what you are saying, that the feeling of being let down, but we should be empowering men and women to not take things personal. Teresa, you know, not take, I'm going to just say this one last thing. Not taking things personal is different from pretending we don't feel hurt when someone does something hurtful. That's important we make that distinction. Sure, we can learn to not take things personal, but I am not gonna be an advocate for pretending shit doesn't hurt, that hurts. You know why? Because I did that for so much of my life, pretended that things that hurt me didn't hurt and they weren't personal. You know, dad leaving when I was four, 
divorcing my mom and leaving and going off to California for two years when I was four years old. Wasn't personal. Hurt like a motherfucker. And on and on and on. So that's a really important distinction, Teresa. Teresa says empowerment is not pretending. Agreed. But I say let's be empowered to also feel our feelings. To also acknowledge when something hurts and when somebody, when you've invested time, so I'm going an extra minute here because I think this is so important. It's so easy for us to bypass what's happening, what we're feeling. We are not a culture that grieves well. We're not a culture that grieves at all. I mean, even funerals in our culture, they're pretty stoic affairs. So there is so much to grieve. And that part of us that says, you know, empowerment, it's like, just feel empowered. Nothing's personal. Man, what a disservice we do to the experiencing of our lives. You know, I'm reading a beautiful, beautiful book called The Wild Edge of Sorrow. The Wild Edge of Sorrow. Rituals of Renewal and the Sacred Work of Grief by Francis Weller. It speaks to the importance of grieving. And um, man, we are. We are so disconnected from our grieving. When someone ghosts you, you know, I don't care if you've dated them for two weeks or two months or two years. It hurts. If it doesn't hurt, well, let me, let me not make any conclusions about that. Let me just honor that if it hurts, it hurts. You can, you know, do the mind game tricks to not take it personal. And I think that's a, certainly a, a useful practice. But what our culture needs right now is not more disembodiment practice. We need to feel our fucking feelings. We need to come back into our bodies in the same way that we need to, you know, connect back to, to the earth. I think in many ways this pandemic is, is mother nature telling us, wake the fuck up. You guys are so disconnected from me. You know, this is a time where we don't need just more rationalized thinking and positive bypassing. We got to come home to ourselves, feel our aliveness, which means feeling, you know, not just positivity, po the feelings we want to feel, but we need to be, get comfortable feeling the uncomfortable feelings too, because things aren't going in a good direction with all the talking we're doing. One of my fantasies is to have, um, just like we have yoga studios, you know, I want to have emotion studios, emotion, you know, pods where at work pods on the street where we can go and just cry be angry in ways that are safe and constructive and, 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 and helpful and useful in ways that serve. <sighs> Thank you so much for listening. And find this episode, including any links, resources, books, show notes, all of that, as well as other episodes featuring inspiring insights and conversations with extraordinary and wise guests at brianreeves.com slash men this way podcast. Also, my new book is out, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, a guide for your journey through the transformational fires of love and intimacy. 
This book is an anthology of teaching stories, enlightening insights, practical tools, and secrets to creating extraordinary relationships that should never be secrets. And all in one beautifully bound and buttery red book that you can now own as you continue your own journey to thriving in love and intimacy. You can find the book on Amazon and other worldwide retailers. Also find links to purchase the book at brianreeves.com book. Choose her every day or leave her. It's essential reading for any man or woman who is eager and ready to thrive in love and relationship. And finally, if you were served by this and think others should hear it too, please share this episode or just write a review so that you too can lead more men this way. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves, Brian with a Y Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.